those who were involved in making it come to life. Join us as we go. Behind the door. Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Door with the Grey Rooms podcast. Uh, tonight we are discussing Season 2, Episode 11, Everyone's a Critic. Uh, tonight with us we have the author Lachlan Watt. Hello, hello. Uh, we also have the uh, main actor Kelly Nineltowski with us tonight. Hi everybody. And as always, the producer extraordinaire Jason Wilson, who apparently is traveling in a vehicle right now. Hey, hello. Hopefully I don't sound like uh, uh, really bad. That's it. (laughs) Currently, you sound great. Uh, So you're in a car, Jason. Where are you right now, Lachlan? I'm actually in uh, Justice of the Paces office, which has been misused the uh, current state of pandemic. Are you a government worker? Uh, I, I am indeed. That's amazing. You know all the secrets for everything, don't you? All you government workers do. I know it. I, I don't awesome. think they would any secrets, even if they knew them themselves. You're paid to say that. I totally understand. <laughs> That's a very safe answer, if I may. Yes, very much. Very, very middle of the road. Um, Kelly, where where Good are job. you uh, at right now? <laughs> uh, I am currently in California. It was a very sunny today, wasn't it? Very it was. sunny day it's, today. Yeah. It's getting it's getting hotter and hotter. Mm-hmm. But a nice cool cool bit for a while, but not anymore. Yeah. Well, hopefully everyone had a good day today. Are we ready to talk about some horror? Let's Lachlan, do it. Let's do it. Um, Lachlan, I really love the story. I really love when we get these stories that don't have like monsters per se more when the monster is um, the human Um, and by the way we can talk about say whatever you need to say or want we're assuming everyone that's listening now has already heard the story so spoilers spoilers for everybody Um, so Lachlan what what started this story what are you for or against art what what inspired writing this story well anyone who sort of has a passing familiarity with modern art is probably aware of one or two of the pieces that I referenced. Um, I've been lucky enough to do a bit of travel in my life and um, you always wind up at an art gallery whenever you go to a new city and you know you see some stuff that's fantastic, see mm-hmm. some stuff that you think why, why would anybody pay to see that? Why would anybody <laughs> want to look at that? Um, I've seen really, many artwork pieces like that. <laughs> yeah. I was, if you've ever seen that Metallica documentary, uh, Some Kind of Monster, which is one mm-hmm. of my favourite, there's a scene where Lars uh, auctions off a bunch of his artwork and his Basquiat that he bought for, you know, I think a low five-figure sum, I'm probably completely incorrect there, but he, 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 you know, he got it pretty cheap and at auction it goes for $5 million. And, I mean, that oh. movie's almost Gosh. years old at this point, or maybe 15, 16 years old. And yeah. if if that piece were to go on sale today, it would probably break the, you know, $50 million mark. 
<laughs> that's a hell of an investment right there. Well, yeah, there's just this tiny group of billionaires, about half a dozen people, who are just selling Basquiat pieces back and forth to each other. And, well, and you touch on that in the story. You even That was even kind of something, you know, that Ke- Kelly's character says aloud about them kind of just selling it between each other, really, creating their yeah. own economy of art, basically. Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird because, it you know, it's the only sort of sphere where you have people that just create these uh, artificially inflated bubbles where work sells for just so much regardless of it, it uh, regardless of its quality. Right. Like yeah. you, you or even the, its demand, the, yeah. Yeah, you get the feeling that maybe people are spending so much money on this stuff because they want it as a, mm. a status symbol more than, you know, more than something that speaks to them personally. Right, like wearing a $10,000 Rolex gold watch, you know? I mean, yeah. a watch is a watch, and there's a range of watches to buy, but do you need a $10,000 one on your wrist? Yeah, exactly. that, makes, that makes sense. Exactly. And does it really so, keep a $1,000 watch? Right, right, oh. <laughs> exactly. They all tick the same. Um, yeah, so when did you then, so you've traveled, you've seen art, like when did you think, hmm, this would be a great setting for a horror story? I guess, I mean, two things I'm, I was kind of uh, really interested in when I was writing it was this idea that sometimes people are exactly what they say they are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people present themselves in a certain way and everybody writes it off as, oh, you know, that, well, I mean, you see it in the political sphere. People make these promises in the lead up to an election and they say, I'm going to do this and this and this, and okay. people vote for it, saying there's no way that they would ever do any, you know, this is, this is just a performance. This is just to get right. their name out there. It's just to get the headline. There's no way they're actually going to do any of this stuff. Right. And then they win power and they go on to do all of the things that they said they were going to do and people are, you know, people are shocked by this development. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, you have this villain who, from the moment the lead walks into the room with him, he is presenting himself as exactly what he is. You know, he's a villain. He's going to, you know, he's going to cause harm. He's going to cause mayhem. He's got these sort of misguided ideas about um i guess what's appropriate you know how far it is permiss mm-hmm. you know how mm-hmm. how far permissibly take artwork and you know unfortunately the lead character sort of exhausts ignores all these all these signs Everybody's still there? Can you say that again? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I was listening. (laughs) Yeah. So... Uh, And I really also kind of like how um, you portray this, like, um, like how to to word this. Um, Fletcher, he does this, like, I I, want to say, like, a 007 villain thing where he's almost revealing, he's not saying directly out to to Miss Thompson what you know, 
I've yeah. taken human beings and I'm making them part of my artwork now. Look how crazy I am. But he's kind of revealing very slowly his madness. And yeah. it's so cool how it skirts on that that line of, you know, even Miss Thompson saying like, oh, I see. You want us to think that you're crazy. And what yeah. Fletcher must have been thinking inside his head at the moment, like, oh, no, you just wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that subtleness that you kind of put in there with that part too. Um, well, I, I think were she to ask him, you know, straight up, is this mm-hmm. for real? He would be more than happy to prove it to her. Right. I think he's kind of, he's at that point. He's just that far gone. And he just right. isn't interested in the pretense any longer. And do you think this is because he's just been hammered by critics? Or do you think it's because, you know, because you don't get a sense that he was a kind of creepy or twisted individual until really the reveal i think well no you start to think something's going on it's it yeah, gets a little weird i was gonna weird. say it sounds like a psychosis to me yeah. it sounds like yeah. a nut job yeah, yeah well he's, something... he's, he's, he's clearly a bad person mm-hmm. who was waiting his whole life to be bad and now mm-hmm. he has jumped on the flimsiest of excuses right yes is, that makes sense and just wholeheartedly jumps into it yeah yeah, it's what a lot of bad people do. They, they, you know, they're waiting their whole life for their the excuse to do what they've always wanted to give themselves permission to do. Right, right. Yeah. Now, now, Kelly, for you, um, like, I assume you 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 got the story. You start reading the story. You know, before you, of course, before you record anything. But like, at what point are you reading it? Where like, did it dawn on you maybe what was happening, or where you were like, "Whoa, this is this is going to be really fun to play." Like, when did that when did that happen? Um, I can't remember a specific moment, but it was just kind of gradually as I was reading through it because I was intrigued from the beginning when she's recording about the woman being hit by the car kind of wondering like how is that going to come back into the story because it's like you know Chekhov's gun you you introduce it because it's mm-hmm. only going to play a part of the story later on so kind of reading through everything and then uh i had this thought when the the milk carton thing came up i'm like oh is this is this where this is going and it kind of just slowly <laughs> dawned me like there wasn't a specific moment but it was kind of just starting to present itself like you were saying and uh i i found it really interesting and it's funny i'm not a or aficionado at all uh <laughs> i am a i'm a pansy i'm a i'm a scaredy cat uh so <laughs> reading reading stuff like this or you know watching it or listening to it i I really I feel like the the tension and could kind of feel the claustrophobia of her being alone with him, even though the space mm-hmm. was huge. Just the idea that she was alone and the other person was like, "Oh, I've never actually been in there." It's like, "Oh, well, this is this is so not going to be good." And you know, what is she getting herself into? And mm-hmm. you're just kind of saying like, you know, if she were to flat out ask him, "If you are you for real?" I agree. He would have been like, would have been happy to say, "Yes, I am." It's, it's probably the way that I was reading it. Like she's probably going in there thinking nothing really bad is, you know, truly going to happen to me. Like I'll be fine. This doesn't happen to people in real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this is super weird and this is extremely uncomfortable, but 
probably fine. And then mm-hmm. it's very much not. So that's that's interesting to play, especially when you have the two voices of character in the presence when she's talking to him, and then the narrative voice, the character who's talking to the audience. So right. reading it for the first time, because I typically will read something first and then go back and read it again out loud. And it was interesting having um, kind of having that that idea of going back and forth between those two voices and trying mm-hmm. to keep both of them authentic in, in the story. So very interesting villain that you cooked up there, Lachlan. He's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Touching on that, what you just said about the recording, did you record Miss Thompson's character interactions separately from her narration um, parts, or did you kind of record it through from beginning to end? I did it from beginning to end because I didn't want it to feel stagnant or I wanted to feel choppy. Mm-hmm. Or if, to me, going going through and going all the, like, he said, she says, I, w- I don't want to just say those lines. You know, I still want to be in the moment and telling the story. Uh, right. To go in and out and to do them two separate takes or something like that, to me, wouldn't make a ton of sense. So that's why I like to read it out loud first that way it's like i have a sense of the the flow of the story and to make sure that i knew like which voice of hers was talking yeah and there are a couple moments where i would catch myself too where it was like it wasn't very clear to me which one i was using and so i'd go back and redo it but i would do it all at the same time like reading it straight through okay and did you do everything in like one sitting or did it take you like a you know more than one day to get it all done um, well, a script this length, typically, I mean, I did this all in one sitting. I don't really remember like how much time it literally took. Oh, wow. Um, but mostly for me, it's just like a personal choice just because I, I want it to sound consistent. Right. Um, you know, I, I, it was pretty much just my regular natural voice, but you know, I get into like a certain mood or a certain groove. And so if I were to come back to another day, it's like maybe the timbre of my voice is a little different, or maybe I'm not really locking into the motion the same way so it might sound a little disjointed yeah. Yeah. um if it was something that was much much longer and you might have to um but because this was this wasn't necessarily like a feature length thing uh it's right. a bit more you know, palatable to kind of get it all done that makes that makes sense um yeah i i, I like how you said it. you could even something could even change like if you recorded um, at night and then you woke up the next day to finish your lines maybe just the temperature in the room is a bit different your your microphone doesn't pick up the same way so that that kind of makes sense you really would want to get all kind of done in one session I never thought of it that way I don't do any production I don't know Jason doesn't share these secrets <laughs> with me and they've added scenes in post-production you know sort of six months after principal photography uh, or something like that and you can always kind of you can always kind of pick them out Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's actually very true. Never thought about that. Especially yeah, the... in this day, it seems like every movie is kind of exhaustively screen tested and they just add so much in post and they take stuff out and they ADR new lines in and stuff like that. So this, yeah, right. And it's, and it's only been like the last, 
it's only been for me maybe personally it's only been the last few years that even my eyes can discern watching a a scene where you know like a cgi character or something cgi happens you know in the past your brain could always just just something was tiny bit off and you could tell oh you know that that's totally computerized but now i mean our our eyes are are fooled so often that we don't even know about it i'm wondering like when that's going to happen with audio like well i guess we do that with audio anyways we fool people with 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 audio a lot um i do I do wonder about the the whole uncanny valley. Um, oh, like the way, it, like a, like if you could um, make a, a robot look humanized, basically. At some point, your yeah. brain's gonna freak out at how they look yeah. because it's too yeah. unreal. Yeah, I think the um, uh, that recent Star Wars movie. Uh, which one was it? Rogue One. Uh-huh, that had uh-huh. the Grand Moff Tarkin uh, CGI'd in. And that's right. You know, that right. That's right. But something about it, like, I really didn't like that character. It really just touched off something visceral in me. I couldn't stand to see him grain. There was just something so, about so it. So being computerized just really made it yeah. horrible for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. also really jarring when you go back and forth. So, like, if you have a, a character or a creature or whatever it is, and for one scene using a practical puppet but then for another scene you have to cgi it because they can't do what they want to do with a puppet and to me that's super jarring it's like just yes, pick one if it has true. to be cgi for one scene then i would mm. rather just be cgi the entire way i would prefer practical effects because yeah, i think they just right. look better it's as, as yeah. far as cgi has come over the last few years like nothing beats something that's like really there mm-hmm, yeah in my opinion yeah and, I mean, well, we CGI... probably grew up, all of us are the age that we grew up with natural, um, you know, natural special effects, I think, that we can appreciate <laughs> the naturalness for it. Someone, a kid at 10 might be like, that looks so fake, because it's not computer generated. I agree. It's surprising, if you go back and watch um, Terminator 2, it's surprising how many of the effects in that that everybody thought was CGI at the time were actually practical effects. That's like right. Had a really sparing use of CGI. There's really only sort of a half a dozen sequences in it where it's it's using lots of CGI. Right. Isn't that the best? Yeah. There's you. <laughs> that's right. They even did like Linda Hamilton had her um her twin sister, I think it was, filmed yeah. in the movie when they're sparring yeah. against you know each other. So yeah, you're right. That practical effects I think can beat out when you do them properly. Um, yeah. Definitely. And also, don't forget, Lachlan, your job is in jeopardy because apparently artificial intelligence is slowly getting used to writing stories now. So we have I that to look not. forward to. I hope that's not the case. <laughs> I can tell you right now, like, Lachlan, like, uh, you, you, you did fix me for uh, last season. And that was, like, one of the funnest things I have ever had to create because I really love that. Like, uh, I'm a cyberpunk kind of guy. And I really love the the mechanics of the story, like getting locked into a room, and you 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 have a purpose. And God, I hope that CGI doesn't take over for authors because I don't care how great a computer is; it cannot just gel with the beauty of the imagination of the That's individual. True. That's true, because all the writing is from the, the computers. They can never, they can't grasp the. 
know, humanity. They can't really grasp emotions. You know, they can fake right. it. it mm. You know, everyone can sense it. Everyone can sense it's like that's not authentic. That's not genuine. When you have, you know, someone like an actual person behind it, you you hear that humanity come through. Mm-hmm. Well, sh- mm-hmm. well, shoot, all you got to look is like Star Trek: The Next Generation. I hate to I hate to go there, but look at like uh, uh what was his name? What was his name? God, Data, Data. Like he mm. spent his entire time as that character trying to learn to be more human because right. he was not a human. So yeah, right. I agree. Absolutely. And wonderful story, by the way. And Kelly just killed it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So much well, Jason- of what you as a creative is instinctive. Mm-hmm. Like you go back, like when you really, you know, you call it the zone, it's that that point where you're creating something and you just um you're not really aware of time passing you're not really aware of uh you're not consciously aware of the choices you're making and you go back and you read through just like well where did you know where did that come from what's the inspiration for that you know there's some line or some digression that you've included that sort of casts everything in a whole new light and it's just like what you know how did i come up with that and I think that's the, you know, the human factor, that's the X factor that I don't think AI is ever going to be able to replicate. Yeah, that, that right, because it's so humanistic. It's such a, um, emotions are human. And I don't think, I think a computer could probably process emotions, but it's never going to really fully know how to emote and doesn't know how to use that as a proper instrument. It can understand how it works, but not play it properly, I think. My right, opinion, I agree. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You have shows like Westworld where they're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have their uh-huh. characters arguing. It's like, oh, no, we we definitely have emotions. I haven't seen the third <sighs> season, so it, that was an interesting thing about watching that show was to be like, uh, you know, potential spoilers for anyone listening that's not seen it, but, you know, the, the robots... AI being like these are real memories for us when really it's like no we program these memories for you they never actually happened but then arguing mm-hmm. you know oh no 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 we're just as human as you are it's a fascinating subject but then I just don't I just don't believe that can really ever be that convincing no did you ever see the original of that by the way you said Westworld oh. did you ever see the original like we're oh. the, the old oh my god just go back and watch that like it's, it's from like the 80s okay. isn't it like the, the early the, 80s maybe yes dude it is like i'm telling you right it. now it, it it is if you go back and you look at it it's like way beyond its time like they have west world they have medieval world they have roman world and and it's all about like um just the AI becoming like Terminator intelligent. And then it decides to do its own thing. And mm-hmm. if you get a chance to watch the, the, the series is awesome, but I do think again, I, this is maybe me being an old guy here, but I do think that the series lacks a little bit what the old movie have. So if you get a chance to go watch the old, the original Westworld, go watch it that was a great that was one of my favorite movies when i was i loved that movie so i was super stoked when the series came out and they kind of they kind of took a they took a turn so go watch that movie you might like it but yeah you definitely nailed it it. Mm -hmm. watch that movie it's it's sick it's a good movie there's a bit of a reference to the casting of yul brenner in the original movie right right yul brenner 
the boss, the man. Yeah. <laughs> Famous for playing cowboy. And now they have him playing a robot that's playing a cowboy. It all comes full circle. <clears throat> so, so Lachlan. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, remember, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. I remember the poster from Westworld when I was a kid. And it's a, a picture of Yul Brynner, but he's being sort of deconstructed. You can see sort of the workings of the robot inside. And it just it scared the scared the shit out of me. To right. Remember. Right, bro. When they pulled his face off and then he yeah. got up and he uh, came at him. It's like, yeah. what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, no, it's Westworld stuff. Westworld stuff. I mean, there's a great movie it's about these guys who were basically taking a vacation and they wanted to be cowboys. And then it all hell broke loose and a couple people died. And it was, it was a good damn movie. And you know what? Uh, I'm glad that there's a series on it because holy hell, it like it, it was a great movie. It deserved more than just a movie with Yul Brenner. Come on, Ain't nobody could have played a better main role than that. that can you talk, Lackland? Seriously, <laughs> can, 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 please back me up on this. That was the most stoic, like blank face ever, and <laughs> a character in that guy. Aaron Schwarzenegger does a pretty good blank face, I think, as the Terminator. I, I, I think that's because he's trying to think, but I mean, that might be the steroids. I don't know. It is what it is. I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. too much muscle. <laughs> um, I'm looking up pictures of Yul Brynner from Westworld on my phone Westworld. as we speak. I'm just, yeah, and I see what you mean. I'm just like, oh, yeah, his blank stare. Oh, Very man. Stoic. And he's got the, like, that smoke coming right out of his face. You. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. Yeah, you open um, up a can of worms when you start talking about Westworld. <laughs> so, Lachlan, what is your flavor of writing? Like, what... What other stories do you write about? You um you did that one science fiction story, that sci-fi horror for us in season one. Now you kind of do yeah. this like, um you know this is this yeah all humans are monsters you know type of story. What, what do you what do what do you do? What do you write? I wrote I, I tweeted about it the other day. I said horror is so easy to write. You just think of the most mental thing talking. you can. Oh, and then you mm -hmm. happen to characters that You're you right. want to do this and I couldn't. Oops, sorry, we can hear you, Jason. What? What? <laughs> Say ah. that again, Lachlan. I think horror is making really horrible things happen to people that you care about. I think that's the essence of, of yes. horror. Yes. Yes. Always what I have to do with my writing. You you know, you have this threat hanging over a group of people who have a goal that they are trying to accomplish. And whether or not the threat actually carried out is entirely up to them and you know i've never been big on sort of twist stories mm -hmm. and i guess that's the great thing about the gray rooms is that you know people going in know that at the end of the story the character is going to die that's how mm -hmm. it builds at that point that's how the story sort of escalates yes sir sort of stakes that's the you know that's really the essence of what the, the series is all about well, and just about how broken we are as humans, I feel like. Just, um, you know, your your story is an ex excellent example of how broken Fletcher Brand was as a human um, yeah. and how he decided to take that out 
on other people. You know, how, how dare you critique me? I'll show you. I'll show you the best artwork you've never seen before. You're a part of it now. Ha ha. You know, like, um, <laughs> so. And I, th- I think there's catharsis in actually being horrified by these things. I mean, Ooh, of course. Writing, if the story is about how, how, you know, how great the villain is and it's just them getting away with everything, then, you know, you come away from that feeling a bit queasy. There's certainly been sort of, um, you know, movies that I've seen where I've just felt like, well, nobody really got what they deserved in that story. And mm-hmm. it's funny so, you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Graham has always said, uh, he always said, like, you know, a character did or did not deserve their death. It's it's it just funny you say that. It, it, I'm sorry, I just heard that. It's like funny you say that. Heard, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah that there's before. a there can be a death of someone in one of our stories where maybe they kind of did yeah. deserve to die, um, versus you know, they happen to be the one character that shouldn't have died, the other person should yeah. have died. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Grandma's always like, oh, man, he deserved that. Or, like, I don't really felt that that death should have been there. But, you know, it's like we're just judging life. We're just sitting there just judging who's worthy of death and not. Right, so life would <laughs> have nailed it right there. That, that was a good one. Yeah. I guess, so, it's, you know, you want to be remembered as sort of a, a mediocre artist or do you want to be reviled as this awful awful serial predator you know i'd rather people think mm. of me as a mediocre artist but there are some people out there for whom infamy is you know the trap and they're going but to how many people are motivated by wanting right. to be famous just for yeah i don't know i don't know man i mean honestly how easy it to be faint how easy to Whatever. Forgive my. <laughs> I'm leaving <laughs> that in, by the way. I'm so tongue Is it to be famous for something bad versus something good? Oh, I mean, yes, that is uh, very true. You yes, know, very true. I think that's what he's saying there. It's like, yeah, it's like so easy to just be a, like, a, like a front page thing and, and like uh, infamous for all time for just something terrible versus something good it's a scandal everyone likes the scandal because you know they the, right. there's that old saying where it's like good news doesn't sell magazine absolutely you know, people are drawn to the drama right if it it's bleeds it leads yes it's not sexy no, nobody cares about nobody cares about the uh the uh the philanthropist everybody cares about somebody who uh you know did this and did that nobody cares about the good they only care about the bad yeah you're right absolutely when i was studying Journalism, we were shown um, footage that had been shot. Of Wait, did you say journalism? Yeah. Ah, dude, I, I have a degree in broadcast journalism, so I knew I liked you, Lackland. You're good. <laughs> there you go. There's there you go, brother. You smelled it in each other. I worked in radio, man, and you 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 made you made my life easier. So thank you ever so much. Anyways, I, I apologize, didn't mean to interrupt something. We're presented with this footage of somebody who's trapped in floodwaters and they're struggling to get out of a tree and the water is rising. And the person who showed us this footage was a, a, you know, a TV news presenter who'd come in for the day to speak to us. And they said, okay, so the footage doesn't show it, but this person was actually swept away and they drowned. Guess how many news channels used footage of this person's, you know, of this person's struggles against their death? Oh, like, gosh. 
they all used the footage because they knew that if they didn't run the footage, this dramatic attention-grabbing footage, then their competitors would run it and they would, right. you know, they would share. Yes. So, uh, you know, this... I'm still true to this course. day, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's that uh, fascination with death in all of us. The ancient Greeks called it Thanatos, I think. And it is, you know, it, it does drive a lot of our decisions. You know, everybody slows down when they drive past a really bad accident on the highway. I mean, I'm not the first person to point that out, but we do have this, this fascination. Yes, we do. Yeah. We mm -hmm. do have this fascination with death. What do you think that is about? Like, what do you think the obsession is? You know, I feel like it's a um, being confronted by your own mortality, to be told that you yeah. are going to die soon, or to be shown, hey, this human being over there, they died doing this, and you're a human, you can die doing that too. It kind of wrecks your idea that you, you know, the soul, the 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 universe revolves around you, and and your life is yours. Right. Really, you're just this tiny, insignificant little speck on this giant universe um so rather than being disturbed by death uh -huh. which a lot of are i think there's i think there is a part in every person that is reassured by the idea that their life is going to have a beginning a middle and an end right yeah. here, here. Yeah, the like thought that. of thought of of Sometimes people would be like, oh, okay, what would you do if you could live forever? And I'd be like, that sounds terrible. I would right. not, wouldn't <laughs> want that. It's like I don't, I don't have any joy in thinking about how my life will end. But I also think that I would go absolutely insane out of my mind if I knew that it would never end. Right. Yeah. That's why vampires suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Being a vampire would suck. I agree yeah. with you totally. <laughs> Seriously. And, and all your friendships would continue. You'd have to continue to to watch your friends die and pass away. And yeah, you could never hold on to anything. Incredibly lonely existence. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. You you would you would know too much. Nobody would believe you. Yeah, that would be that'd be devastating. That's terrible. Yeah. See, this is why this is the second of uh, this is the second story that Lackland has produced for us. That has just been just awesome. This this right here is why. Mm -hmm. Because he, he's taking a real human element and he's really tapping into it. He's plugging into it. And he's making you relate to where he's thinking. So, yeah. Yes. So good. Absolutely. So good. Absolutely. It is. And, and Kelly, you said that you're not a fan of horror, though. So what like what yeah. brought crazy, you to want to do this? Job. Yeah, what brought you to want to do this? And I know that you and and Mark also do because you do um, the hotel. You do a podcast, yeah, another podcast that's horror, but you don't yeah, like horror. It makes no sense. See, uh, <laughs> I, Which, if I may say, Kelly, is, I listen to on the regular on my uh, mail uh, route. You are on my regular rotation, so thank you for that. Oh well, thank you. I am I am very humbled by that. I'm glad Never. you enjoy it. I'm glad people enjoy it. I mean, people love. Her. And the, the weirdest part is that I, as a kid, like in elementary school, I remember watching scary movies and stuff and it scared yes. me and I would, you know, be up at night, but like I would keep watching them and I liked them. Yes. Then as I got older, it, I, like, in, growing up, I loved the movie The Others with Nicole Kidman. I thought oh, it was yeah, yeah, so it was great good, yeah. and it scared the crap out of me. 
matter like how many times I watched it. And then there was a, a bit of it that I caught. There was a clip of it online for some reason recently. And I was watching it and I'm like, oh my God, how did I watch this as a child? Because I'm like so disturbed by it right now. <laughs> there was a time growing up where something kind of just switched for me. Where it, it went from, oh, this is really interesting and scary and fun to, this is really disturbing. Why am I watching this? <laughs> well, well, think about when happened. you and I were little. Oh, I'm sorry. No, oh, please. Oh, we, well, just, just when gonna, you and I were little, you, we, we would uh, watch scary movies, but the scary monsters were what made us scared as kids. It wasn't like the more subtle, they're in danger in the situation, so that's why it's scary. Um, kind of the more, maybe we, because I, I know what you're saying, I wasn't exactly disturbed by the others when I was little, but I thought it was a cool, scary movie. But as an adult, I'm like, this is a really heavy emotional story. Dude, Invasion of the yeah. Body Snatchers was fucking killer to me. That was insane. So anyway, sorry. Ah, which version? Because there's a whole bunch uh, of... 1978, the one where Keith, okay. uh, 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 Donald Sutherland Keith and Donald all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry, sorry, Kelly. I didn't mean to jump in there. But no, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that one killed me. I, the thing that killed me was uh, it was like a, it was like a one-two punch. I remember seeing the ring in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And I was rolling oh, yeah. stuff after oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah, good one. Oh my god, I was so horrified. And the thing the thing that was so scary about that movie to me was just the the imagery just lingered. And like I remember what the music sounds like. I remember what the little sound effects were, and it it horrifies me. I hate it. Then I saw, you know, fast forward a couple of years or whatever, and I was, you know, semi peer pressured to see the grudge. And after that, I was like, I'm <laughs> yeah. done. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Side, side story with seeing the grudge. I was, I was a teenager and, oh God, don't do that to me. <laughs> I, hear I get it, it now. Yeah, don't. <laughs> That was like the new that. wave of horror movies coming out. I oh, know I get it now that if that's if that's what put you off from horror, that makes sense because that's when like the really oh my god those Japanese horror movies stuff. were yes, insane gets under and your skin. Like, wow. We're like you know, those, these are the the American versions that I saw, and my friends like no see the see the Japanese version. And I'm like no, right. I'm not gonna do that. Like, <laughs> Please tell me you saw the Train to Busan. That's oh yeah, that's is that the zombie you, movie? Okay, okay, right now, everybody listening, including people right now here, go to Netflix if you have a Netflix account and look up "Train to Busan." B U S A N. That is one of the best zombie post-apocalypse movies you will ever see in your life. It is insanely good, and well it is, I believe it's a Korean film. It might be yes. Japanese. No, it's so good. So good. If the grudge, like Kelly's talking about the grudge, if the grudge is anything of of, of kind of a a measure on that, yeah, you're going to love it. So, sorry, Kelly. Watch that movie. You're going to love it. I don't think I will. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I will watch that one. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're trying to convince her to do what she doesn't want to do. She just said, (laughs) I am not working. Friends are trying to get me to watch, what is it, the, the... of Hill House or whatever that is on Netflix. They're no, like, no, Kelly, no. you'd love it. And then I go watch them that look, movie. And they're like, you're right, Kelly, this is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelly, go the, watch that movie. Yeah, however, if, you, yeah. if you're not into it, get somebody around you, get a cat, dog, whatever. Watch I that movie. Train to Marsh. And 
she's, it he's might need different. a therapist after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a long roundabout way of answering how I, <laughs> I started in this. <laughs> um, started, we started doing the theater of tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. That's how I met Mark and Travis, who's the writer for that uh, series. Mm -hmm. And through the years of kind of doing that, Travis started to develop the hotel. And, mm -hmm. you know, these are like, my, my friends and this is an opportunity to voice. And so I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm on board. And I remember reading some of the episodes for the first season of the hotel. And I was just getting nauseous re reading them because I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, this stuff is just, it's horrifying. <laughs> Um, then Graham was on board for the right, hotel, Graham's which is mm -hmm. um, connected with you guys now. And it's it's fun to do the horror stuff. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've always said, like, if, if I were to ever do anything on screen in that genre, I would be like, I have to be the scary thing. I need to be the grudge girl or yeah, you know, the ring girl. About. You go, girl. You get it, Kelly. That, you get it. That way, I don't have to look at myself. You know, people are just scared of me. I don't actually have to see the scary thing. It's just, <laughs> I can be it. And that's so much more fun. That's great thinking. So it's oh, really, yeah. it's fun to do that. And it's a fun uh, challenge. And I, I understand the appeal of the genre for a lot of people. Like, I get it. Because I, I used to know what that feels like. And yeah. I, I see why people... Uh, are drawn to it and you know lot when you were saying it's it's relatively easy to write because it's about you know, hurting people you care about and it's it's a weird beautiful messed up thing that that's something that we can all relate to mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it makes it makes it a very unique genre and i wish i had a sturdier mindset <laughs> going into some of these but <laughs> I wanted to say one I'm thing here. about the hotel that I appreciate is that because, you know, there's a spectrum of horror where there can be really shitty horror out there that turns you off from horror. And if you've never seen other horror, well, now, horror. there's no such thing. I, ah, I, there's there's some pretty I, bad I, horror I, out there. But the here's, B, here's the B rated horror turns into comedy. No, no, no. I'm talking way. about C rated. I'm talking <laughs> about C and D rated horror. Like, but, I, I but, remember, I but I digress. I I can't huh. remember the guy's first name, but his last name was Ketchum, and like he was in every bad, terrible, oh, yeah, B-rated yeah. so horror movie good. of the like '80s, '90s. But he was so funny. He was like yeah. the quintet. He was just terrible. So yeah, but you could be so bad you're good. But but again, there's just no such there's thing. some just bad stuff. Watch but your words. The good horror watch is either where you. <laughs> I'll watch them as they come out of my mouth. <laughs> the, uh, the good good horror uh, either doesn't have to reinvent stuff, but definitely can offer a new perspective on things. And so right. now it's been definitely been a few months since I listened to the hotel, but. Correct me if I'm wrong. In season one, it's kind of presented that you get to see this, everything from the the view of the victims, right? That they're being attacked by whoever's in the hotel. Right. Or they're seeing the different monsters in the hotel. Season right. two, yeah, yeah. you get to see it from the viewpoint of the monsters attacking the people. That's a really cool viewpoint. That's a really yes, different way to do it. So the hotel is amazing. That's good horror right there. That's good horror. Thanks. You're doing it right, Travis does a great job at... <laughs> creating these stories because he's yeah. he's like an endless well of ideas mm -hmm. and he i mean he takes you know he gets joy out of out of writing it and he's very good at it and so it's another thing as like an actor that's really appealing when you have a writer or a producer or whoever it is are really excited about their work 
because mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. it, that really rubs off on people, especially in actors. Like we want to yeah. do it justice. Yeah, exactly. It synergizes. Yeah. yeah. That's no amazing. problem. Uh, I really love my work, and I really love who I <laughs> work with. So thank you ever so much for what you've done. Hope to see yeah. you come around a little bit more because, uh, boy, oh, boy, did you do a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate absolutely. it. So um, really- we're, getting, we're getting long in the tooth here. I wanted to make sure that we Sorry. can discuss some things that people are currently working fault. on. Before we, Jason, Jason's just so excited for tonight's episode. <laughs> well, I had some IPAs, man. I, I drank go. some. I, I drank some uh, bottom of the barrel booze. And, <laughs> uh, to, Don't just you know for alcohol clarity, settles I, to the I, bottom? I, Come I, on, man. Just for just for clarity, I give Brooks hard times because he loves IPAs. I All hate him. So All if you like IPAs and I called it bottom of the barrel, I'm sorry. <laughs> No Jason's harmless. Back. He doesn't mean anything against IPAs, people. Yeah, so I love you. Please y'all. don't send us hate mail anymore. <laughs> I mean, you can just <laughs> direct it to me. That's fine. I don't... <laughs> send it to Jason. Tell him how terrible he is for talking about IPAs. Colorful um, commentary. So, 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 Lachlan, um, are there any projects that you're pimp? working on, or anything? Good stories. Do you have do you have anything coming out that that you can direct fans to read or to listen to anything that you're involved with? I've got a few things on the boil. Nothing with a sort of definite uh, release date at the moment. Okay. I've got an okay. under submission. I've got some more short stories sort of awaiting feedback. Um, so yeah, not like I said, nothing. Nothing with a sort of definite release date, but yeah, I'm 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 always working on something. So okay, so you're you're active. That's good. You're you're still getting the thoughts out and writing stuff down. Where do you submit stories to? Uh, any other podcasts or just to uh, anthologies for books or what? Um, so I've got <laughs> a novella under submission with uh, my friends at Aphotic Realm. Okay. Okay. Also- oh yeah, good stuff. Yes. Yeah, and Dustin yeah. and Bo, they're all affiliated over there, yeah. aren't they? Hell yeah, yeah. Fonic Grom, we've been in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, so you got a couple things you're working on. Um, yeah. I'm just excited to see more stuff from you. I, mean, I wanna, I wanna read some other things that you write. So after the show, at some point, please direct me towards some stuff I can get my hands on to read that you've done. Um, Thank you. Yeah, man. This is amazing. It's so cool to have you uh, have you join the canon. Well, you've already done that though, but not for a main character. Because when oh, you yeah. did our when you did um, fix me last season, that was a bonus episode. So there was no like one of our main characters didn't die to go you know go through your room and then die. Um, well, it was well just... the funny thing about that, Brooks, is that like Lachlan here wrote fix me, and mm-hmm. the main character of that, if I'm mistaken. Was Sarah? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but, that's but in right. terms it of was, like, that's true. But that main, was also season one. He was one. the main character of season two, and we released. I guess Fix we could me. retcon that. Yeah. We yeah that's we released right. Fix Me to the public, and it's so funny oh. that like uh, Lachlan would come back and be reunited with Sarah Thomas. You know? There you go. Yeah. Uh, All right, so Sarah, so this is official yeah. then. Sarah, Sarah, so uh, excuse me, let me rewind. Samantha Winters went through your room. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, um, Kelly. What uh, other than the hotel and the theater of tomorrow? What other things do you have going on? That's so amazing. Um, well, we 
I did a, I filmed a short film um, a little while back and we released it a couple weeks ago online. I got to um, see this. Where, where can I see I, this? Come on, let's go. I will, I will, I will send you guys the link. I have it, uh, a, I have it available and I will, I will give you the information. Um, but it's we'll a, put all oh, of yeah. this in the show notes, by the way. It's a short, uh, it's a short comedic film. I wanted to, I'm not a writer, um, uh, really. I've dabbled very, very slightly, but I've never actually, I've never really labeled myself that too much. Um, I wanted to write something that was both funny and incorporated some of the stage combat stuff that I, I do mm-hmm. professionally, but it's something I've been interested in and I'm lucky enough to know a lot of friends who do do it professionally. So it's a very funny, hopefully a short film about this girl who wants a cupcake and has to literally battle her inner demons to eat it. Um, <laughs> I'll send you guys that link. That was something Sweet. that we had released um just a few weeks ago and before all the you know lockdown quarantine stuff happened um Mm -hmm. mark travis myself and a couple other of our filmmaker friends we were planning on getting together to kind of uh the scripts that we've already had written um we wanted to just film some things and test some new filming techniques and um kind of build scripts from there some of my other friends are they're very accomplished, you know, writers and they have a lot of ideas. So we wanted to put some stuff on its feet. So that's kind of on pause right now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, we're, you know, we're just, me, me personally, I'm kind of taking this time off from work and everything because I can't go in. Um, right. Just to kind of reset. And I've been watching a lot of things that I haven't had time to watch. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of, I'm working out much more regularly and kind of just adjusting some of those things so that when everyone's like, hey, can leave your house now, I'm ready to go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and I weird, hope to God you're going to put the original Westworld on your watch list. <laughs> He's not going to let you. I will He's not going to let you leave until you promise to, to watch up. that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and, uh, and keep in mind, this is the 80s, so the special effects are exceptionally cheesy but they're exceptionally natural i mean exceptionally we're talking like you can straight up see they put some washers on some fingers and they cover them up like you're like okay that's washers (laughs) but it's like but yeah it's 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 the basis for the stuff but damn it kelly you did a great job in the story man you you really need don't sell yourself short on the horror stuff you were like, I'm doing comedy, I'm doing this stuff, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, do you deliver. So thank you for letting me produce this for you. I, I really enjoyed oh, shoot. being your producer. So thank you. <laughs> I can't see. I'm blushing right now. Thank you, guys. <laughs> we're, we're, we're currently yeah. working on making a mini Jason that we can sell so everyone can bring well, no, that no, we in have their one. pocket. We, we, we <laughs> well, have no, one. but we need to make more than the prototype we have. No, oh, not oh, your well. mini Jason. A, oh. An actual mini Jason everyone can carry in their pocket. So when they're feeling down or low, they just pull out little <laughs> mini Jason and then you just say how great we are. Well, you know it's, what? It's, it's I'll, make some I'll make some ringtones. Here we go. Here's okay. the deal. <laughs> there you For go. all my voice actors and uh, and all of my, uh, my authors and everybody out there, I'm going to make some ringtones just to tell you how great you are, damn it. Because I love you. <laughs> you Every go. one of you. And 
Okay. You feel that, Lachlan, all the way over there in Australia? You feel the love? We love you too, boy. <laughs> Australia loves you, Jason. God, I got to get there. I got to get there one day. That's a, Australia is on my bucket list. It truly is. Lachlan, if I ever get down to Australia, I'm going to say any, and I am, and then I'm going to buy all the beers. Yeah. <laughs> all the Australian IPAs. <laughs> Just so you know, I will not do that. What are you talking about? I don't want to give them diarrhea. Oh, gosh. Oh, you Never like that? Hear the end of that. I... <laughs> Anyways. Just... Yeah. And on that note, Lachlan, thank you so much uh, for being here, yeah. for writing this story for us, for discussing it thank with us. Yeah, he's on I, the other side of the freaking globe. Yeah. And, you're, and you're on your lunch break right now, right? You're on your lunch break, I believe. Yeah. I better get back to it. I'm not going to yes. be popular. we got to let you get back to work. Well, thank and you, Kelly. Lachlan, ever so much, man. You're the man. Yes, thank yes. you ever so much. All of your stories have been great. Everything you write is superb, and I am blessed and honored to be one to get to produce them. So thank you, Lachlan. Mm -hmm. Go back to your work. I'm sorry you had to do that. Maybe I can make that a thing of the past in the future. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, it's been amazing. And... Yeah, I'll, I'll just say that um, from hearing the first episode of The Grey Rooms and not really knowing sort of what direction it was going to go in and what form it was going to take, it's just been blowing me away from day one. Like it's just, you know, it just seems to hit these new highs as sort of I guess everyone's finding a bit of a groove and mm -hmm. just gets better every episode. Honestly, it's just amazing. Yeah, thanks, man. Oh, that's a testament you... of the community right there, brother. So thank you. You're a part of that, man. You're a man. Yeah. Love yeah, you. We all do this together. All of us, yeah. We're all interconnected here. We need our actors. We need our authors. It's it's It takes all of us, so. One hand you, washes the other, it. brother. Yes, exactly. And Kelly, thank you, Kelly. Thank you for oh, recording this story, even though you absolutely hate horror, and we won't tell anybody that you said that. <laughs> so, I mean, but they, uh, we've had Kelly and... Kelly's been in other parts of this. She hates horror, but she's here, and she does such a great she job. She doesn't at it. hate horror. She wants us I to know, think she I hates believe. horror. That's all. Yeah. See, we're getting really deep into her mind now. <laughs> you, you know what, Brooke? I, I, you know what? I think she's fibbing too. Yes, she's, I believe she, you. She wants us to think that she. I'm doesn't working like on my horror script, starring all of us as our. Songs. I knew it. I knew it. that was. That's what it was. This is That's just what it was. research. She's the not letting her part. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, Anyways, damn. all right. And Jason, we we love you too, my friend. Thank you. Ah oh, man, you know you know what, man. I got to tell you something again. I, I gave shout outs to Lachlan and Lachlan, <laughs> dude. If you got to drop, get out of here. Go do your job, man. We love you. Seriously, you've delivered two masterpieces to this uh, podcast. So thank you ever so much for that. And uh, Fix Me was still one of my favorites, period. And Kelly, oh my God, everything you do is uh, phenomenal. So uh, are you sure you're not? Because you sound like one to me when I get to listen to your deliveries and, uh, you know, in your in your audio files. But yeah, I'm glad I, I can fool you. All right. <laughs> there, there are some, there are some actors and actresses that I, I get audio from, and I'm always like, okay, yes, this is great, and you're one of those. So thank you ever so much for being oh, wow. a part yes. of the uh, Gray Rooms canon. Thank you all 
Brooks, you know I Thank love you, you brother. For having me. Yeah, everybody. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I want to have some more. <laughs> let's do this. Come on, let's do this. Great. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, I bid you all adieu. Uh, everybody be safe. It's daytime oh, wait, for Lachlan, Brooks, so enjoy Brooks. your day, Lachlan. Uh-oh. Brooks, you Uh-oh. can't forget JM. Oh, we, I, we always do that. You're right. You're right. Thank you, JM, for the most absolutely, absolutely. amazing, mind-blowing music. There yes, would yes. be no story without a JM <laughs> Scherf soundtrack. Uh, I can only do so much with... With 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 all this exceptional talent from the author, from the actors and this exceptional talent from the authors, but don't we forget pair those together with mm-hmm. JM and we get yes yes yeah just beauty it's awesome it's so good and Cassie's art where our eyeballs just want to hug her art because oh, we love it so much absolutely Cassie's yes old. which by the way <laughs> if you're listening to this too and you have not gone to thegrayrooms.com you're missing out because that is a Cassie Pertite masterpiece yeah. right there that is she her all over website. the place right. cassie is the s and on that so and not to mention <laughs> cassie pretty much tells us like no no that's terrible do this no no brooks no you're wrong jason this is <laughs> stupid <laughs> you're all <laughs> so cassie, no, like, everything. Oh, uh, cassie cassie cracks the whip we love her to death yeah. so <laughs> and then graham <laughs> we got to give graham some love too Graham's pretty and cool. I there like we Graham. go. We yeah. move on. <laughs> we love, right. love Graham to death. Graham's the man. Graham's the man. I mean, hell, he's everywhere, right? Jeez. God. Yes, he is. Has anybody not it? heard of Graham Rowett? Oh, Graham Rowett. Right. You're talking about Graham Rowett. Sorry, I thought you were yeah. talking about... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're talking about Graham Rowett. All right. And on uh, that anyways, note... <laughs> thank night, you, Lachlan. Everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Jason. Have thank a great night, everybody. Bye. Join us each week after every episode for another edition of Behind 